0: For the CEC report for the 23rd of August 2019. I'm Elisa Barwick. Joining me today is our Victoria State Chairman, Jeremy Beck. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks, Elisa. And on today's show, we have from cash ban to monetary regime change, desperate measures signal imminent crash, and what's behind the insane green rebellion. Now, before we start today, I just want to mention the fact that this week our government made an announcement that they will be sending uh, an Australian contingent to join the Persian Gulf maritime force that the United States has been pushing for along with Britain and others. So that'll be 187 troops, a warship and surveillance aircraft. Uh, And we'll have more to say about it at a future point. We'll be putting out a media release, Uh, but we just wanted to make the point that this is playing into the provocation for war Uh, Mm -hmm. There's been an ongoing push, particularly from neoconservatives in the Trump administration, such as John Bolton, uh, since the early 1990s actually, to have Mm -hmm. regime change in a whole list of countries. So this is following on from the misadventures that we've seen in Iraq, Libya and Syria and would be an absolute disaster and we should not have a bar of it.
1: Oh, exactly right. I mean, look, uh, here's Scott Morrison saying that, you know, we need it for our oil security because these tankers are under threat from Iran. Actually, it's the complete opposite. You know, we've gutted our refineries in Australia, it was back in the 1990s, we used to produce nearly all of our oil and petrol and refine it all, and now most of our fuel and oil is imported. It's insane. That's nothing to do with our oil security. This is going to make it insecure and threaten a war, which is going to drive petrol prices through the roof.
0: Yeah. So we'll have more to say about that. But getting to our first topic today, from cash ban to monetary regime change, desperate measures signal imminent crash. Now, uh, we've had a breakout in our campaign to expose and to stop uh, Scott Morrison's um, proposal to ban cash transactions over $10,000, which is referring to the currency restrictions on the use of cash bill, which you can uh, find out more about on our website. And what has happened is that um, at the beginning of this week, uh, end of last week, two political parties, One Nation and Bob Catter's Australian party have come out swinging against this bill so this has caused somewhat of a shift um, now first i'll just show a brief clip of one nation senator malcolm roberts who gave an interview to in the interest of the people hosted by economist john adams and uh, dfa principal martin north um, speaking out against the ban
2: well, there are there are already laws in place and recommendations in place i believe that under terrorism. Laws, uh, goods, assets can be confiscated. Money can be confiscated if it's uh, shown to be used criminally. Um, we don't have much evidence of that actually following through. We understand also that the um, black economy, the so-called black economy, according to the government, is worth about fifty billion. And yet, we already have uh, we already have laws in place that enable the government to strip assets, uh, take assets. Uh, Forfeited people's assets if they are found to be involved in criminal activities and and only 42 million was uh, Was was uh, taken that way. So that's a long long way short of 50 billion dollars And I don't think the government's really serious about this When people end up with no cash they have to go through the banks. So you can see who the big winner is I Suspect I don't know of course, but I suspect that it's got more to do with controlling people that seems to be the case of driving many Of canberra's initiatives in recent decades and that's another theme i want to touch on john that our productive capacity in this country is dwindling it's being gutted energy water property rights and yet that's where the future of production of our country will come from the productive capacity that's being smashed so we've got a government that's doing nothing but working for the multinationals working for the major banks and at the same time stealing from the people and gutting the people
0: And it's worth watching all of that he talks Mm. about how the multinationals have not been forced to pay tax etc how we've flogged off all of our Mm. raw materials for nothing Um, so we're selling the country down the tubes and bob katter made an excellent statement as well he said uh, that this proposal is a danger to australians freedoms and to our right to privacy he said the danger here to our freedom is greater than the danger to our lives through terrorism Mm. now if you think that's extreme, well it is, but it's absolutely spot on, and we'll cover that more in the course of the show. Um, but this caused a sudden breakout of media coverage beginning with ABC News, which had an article on the 20th of August titled, Paying more than 10000 in cash could make you a criminal under proposed law, which says it all really. And they cited various groups opposed to it, including CPA Australia, the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, and even the IPA, who called it Orwellian. And since then, we've seen coverage coming out of the UK Daily Mail, news.com.au, the Australian Financial Review, Courier Mail, Sky News, 2GB Radio, and the New Daily. We'll put some of these up on the screen. Uh, The Newcastle Herald had covered it earlier and it's popping up on a whole host of other websites that are picking up on it as well. And the tone of these articles was actually very serious, not cynical Mm. at all, Mm. uh, unlike when we opposed the bail-in legislation. And there was an ABC News radio poll on the cash ban uh, that registered 97% opposition with over 4,000 people voting. Um, And this also sparked interviews with economist John Adams on ABC News news. Uh, National, ABC Radio in Perth and Adelaide and ABC News 24 TV and Channel 10 Daily, uh, the website interviewed him yesterday but we'll roll the clip of um, part of what he said on ABC News 24. Australians could face two-year jail
3: sentences and fines of up to $25,000 under proposed laws that limit the use of some cash transactions to $10,000. There are calls for the government to withdraw the proposal, which was announced in the budget, to fight the so-called black economy. John Adams, an independent economist, has come out against the change. I have to characterise this on many occasions as the greatest uh, attack on economic freedom and liberty in this country in in, in the last two or three decades. I mean, mean, this law is quite serious. Uh, I mean, I don't think in a free society, government should have any role in telling people what to do with their own money. Uh, whether it's it's a cash transaction or a non-cash transaction. And so, you know, having been a former Liberal advisor, having been an advisor to Arthur Sinodinos back in 2012-13, I have said to many Liberals uh, in the government already that, you know, the Liberal Party is supposed to stand up for individual liberty and this is a complete antithesis of what they claim that they stand for and what Australia should be about. So the government has claimed that this proposal is about the black economy and obviously they had the Black Economy Task Force that they established in 2016. This is where this $10,000 cash transaction ban comes from. Now, uh, the government has not provided any evidence that this ban will actually work in terms of d- reducing the black economy. A leading um, international expert, Professor Friedrich Schneider, from the University of Linz, Austria, uh, wrote, uh, he's written extensively about the black economy, uh, particularly in, in the European context, and he wrote a paper two years ago stating that uh, there is weak, quite weak empirical evidence that uh, cash, uh, uh, cash transaction bans in Europe um, actually resulted in, any diminishing of the black economy, and one of the countries he cites is Sweden, where in Sweden they've virtually eliminated cash, and yet they still have a flourishing black economy. So remember, when Kevin Rudd became prime minister in 2008, he he said that his government was going to be dedicated to um, evidence-based policy. Well, you know, if we're going to stick to that standard that prime, former Prime Minister Rudd set, um, it's incumbent on the government to prove to the Australian people that this. Uh, a proposed legislation is actually going to achieve its stated objectives and yet international experts have, have uh, poured cold water over these types of laws uh, and uh, whether they're actually going to meet any or they're going to achieve any diminishing of the black economy so the way the law is constructed at the moment uh, basically if it's either business-to-business business or individual-to-business. So if, if if an individual was to engage in a, in a $10,000 cash transaction above $10,000, um, that is illegal under this proposed law. So, for example, if you went to a car yard, if you went to a furniture shop, if you went to a jewellery store and you proposed to pay cash um, for a product or a service under this law, uh, you know, individual to business or business to business, that is illegal. Now, uh, one of the other now w- one of the key concerns about this is is that the uh, the the, government, the way that the government has proposed this law is there's a bill for parliament and there's a reg- proposed regulation. The bill makes everything illegal, and the and the regulation has certain exemptions. Now, one of the exemptions in the regulation is individual to individual transactions. So, for example, if you had um, you know, um, a piece of furniture for $15,000 and I wanted to buy that off you for a one-off and we're not enterprises, that the government says is legal mm. under this law. But given that this exemption is in a regulation, the, the Assistant Treasurer at any, at any time can remove these exemptions, make these exemptions illegal without the scrutiny of parliament. Well,
1: we can see the seriousness of this cash ban. Well, the, the Labor position so far is that the Stephen Jones, the, the shadow assistant treasurer, has said that the, the bar to vote against the bill is very high. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, Labor is, is inclined to vote with the government just selling out, just the way they have done previous laws such as the bail-in laws. I, insane stuff. So it really means that we need to put more pressure on these MPs and to get everyone to call them up. Call up your local MP, your federal MP, call up the senators and say, look, hang on, you should not pass or vote for this bill. Uh, Also there's a change.org petition, which you can uh, go on, log on to change.org and search for banning cash and and you'll find it and vote against this rotten cash ban bill. It it is really gonna destroy the economy if if they ran that through.
0: Yeah, the MPs have to know they'll be in trouble if they support this. Um, So we've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back to discuss extreme monetary policy. Welcome back to the CEC report where we're discussing how the extreme monetary measures that are being proposed betray the fact that there's a crash, a global crash worse than 2008 right around the corner. Uh, One indication is the New Zealand Reserve Bank, which of course reduced their interest rates recently by half a percent. Uh, And there's an article in this week's Australian Alert Service, and if you haven't already, you can call in for a complimentary copy to find out more of the background information that we put together every week, uh, which is the basis for the show. And uh, that goes through how um, the uh, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is talking openly about going to negative interest rates, quantitative easing, and helicopter money and even talking about taxing cash holdings so that people are Mm. less likely to use cash and remain in the banking system to pay to keep their savings in the bank and so forth. Um, In fact worldwide there's some $14 trillion of bonds at negative yields because of the surge of people trying to find safe investments. You've had Alan Greenspan, the former head of the U.S. Fed, talking about the fact that there is no barrier, he said, even for U.S. Treasury yields going below zero. And he literally said zero has no meaning beside being a certain level, mm. you know, just a number. Um, Warren Buffett has come out making statements about all his investments that he's char- being charged to hold. And he basically said, look, I'd keep it all under mattresses if I could mm. find the right people to sleep on the mattress. Um, so it's, it's really a joke, it's insane, we need to have real solutions to this rather than all this nonsense and another similarly nonsensical solution has been put forward by uh, this massive hedge fund called BlackRock and their proposal was aimed at the Jackson Hole meeting of central bank governors including our own Philip Lowe who meet this weekend in the US and that paper which was authored by, well three of the four authors were central bankers, basically says look there's no monetary space left and fiscal policy won't be enough. Therefore, an unprecedented response is required, known as going direct, where the central bank puts money directly into the hands of both consumers and or the government to boost inflation. Now, this is basically what we've talked about on the show before, which is known as helicopter money, which came from Milton Friedman, and Ben Bernanke promoted it, where you just put out money for people to spend and hope to stimulate the economy. But what BlackRock is talking about is slightly different because they're talking about central banks taking more control over fiscal policy. In other words, making the decisions about where the money goes through what they call a standing emergency fiscal facility. And they say this is because when you have governments do it, sometimes there's multi-levels of government. There's political problems of governments doing what might not be politically popular. Um, There's also... Um, regulatory problems, so there's levels of, levels of regulation, oh, don't let that get in the way, um, deficit limits, etc. Um, now, Philip Hildebrand, the vice chairman of BlackRock, told Bloomberg TV We're going to see a regime change in monetary policy that's as big a deal as the one we saw between pre crisis and post crisis, meaning the 2008 GFC, a blurring of fiscal and monetary activities and responsibilities. Um, This is, as he put it, demanding a more formal and historically unusual coordination of monetary and fiscal policy uh, to provide effective stimulus. And they would have a committee of experts that they put up to determine what to spend this money that's flooded from helicopters (laughs) on. Um, And it follows a Bank for International Settlements paper on how central banks should lend directly so it's much like national banking, only in, their, in that paper, of course, the Bank for International Settlements would be in control. So they're talking about central banks taking upon themselves the powers and the authorities of government to decide matters that affect the entire popular or com- common interests of the people.
1: Yeah. Who votes for these central bankers?
0: Exactly. Yeah. This is actually the very definition mm. of fascism, mm where private powers are put above the power of government. Mm. Um, And we talked about this in an earlier Australian Alert Service article called Central Bankers are Buying Up the World, where the central banks are taking on to their books through quantitative easing such a mammoth mass of government debt um, that some people are asking the question, well, a a Bank of England spokesperson actually asked, well... Could politicians demand more of us, put more questions to us because we hold all this government debt? Well, in fact, it's the reverse. The central bankers are the Mm -hmm. ones that are holding the cards. They're the ones that are putting more demands, as we see in the bail-in laws coming from the Bank for International Settlements, Mm -hmm. onto what local governments around the world must do to save the banking system at a moment of crisis. And that is absolutely wrong. It's a similar phenomenon that we reported years ago in 2013 when J.P. Morgan Chase put out a report blasting Southern Rim nations in Europe for not allowing the fiscal and economic reforms demanded by the European Union because they had anti-fascist constitutions <laughs> which protected the people and are too beholden to the people they allow the right to protest, they have constitutional protections. Now, these are the sorts of things that Bob Catter was raising when mm. he said... Um, that these kind of fascist laws are a greater threat than terrorism because if you give away your freedoms, mm-hmm. what have you got left? Well,
1: yeah, that's, that's fascism. You, you don't have any control at all. Um, and, and you have poverty. You, you can see it now in, in the Western world where we've given up our sovereignty, uh, central banks have taken over, and look at the gap between the rich and the poor. Uh, people are losing out big time. No, we, we, can't, we can't afford this any longer. And getting rid of cash locks people into the negative interest rates and it locks people into bail-in
0: and into a private banking system. It's mm. not like we have mm. a public alternative of a national mm. banking or public banking system, which we should have, and we've written legislation mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Now we have to stop again, but we we'll write back to talk about uh, the green aspect of this exact phenomenon. Mm. Welcome back to the CEC report. What's behind the insane green rebellion? So we were just talking about how central bankers want to be given the power to make the decisions on how to stimulate the economy because of the crisis. You know, they need to be mm-hmm. given these powers because the crisis is that bad. You know, governments couldn't possibly do it. Um, but one of the conceptions behind what the central banks are intending to do is that is the, the notion that growth is bad mm-hmm. and it comes from the, the green ideology. So central bankers would be supporting the sorts of projects aimed at reducing growth and winding back technology. And BlackRock has actually mapped out projects um, that indicate the climate change risk of certain investments and discourage investments in fossil fuels and things like that. And this is part of where what's being fostered is actually a green bubble. There's a group called the Network for Greening the Financial System made up of central banks and regulators and another group called the Green Finance Initiative, and these came out after the COP21 um, Paris Climate Accord Conference in 2016. The Bank of England head, Mark Carney, is a key figure. He was also the head for a long time of the Financial Stability Board of the Bank for International Settlements, which brought you such great ideas as bail uh, And the Financial Stability Board actually set up the Green Finance Initiative. Of course, Carney is ex-Goldman Sachs, isn't he, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. For 13 years, he worked for yeah, them, yeah. and they actually invented the first green bubble, which was carbon trading.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Goldman Sachs are behind on many, many bubbles. Uh, they have right. a history of it. Uh, Matt Tybee um, in Rolling Stone magazine uh, pointed that out very well. Uh, so uh, what we have is uh, you know, Goldman Sachs creating bubbles, uh, building them up, and then uh, pulling the rug from out of everyone. Uh, leaving people high and dry, but uh, this carbon bubble uh, is, is the big one. Uh, but you have to look at where it comes from. Uh, Goldman Sachs is just one of the City of London Wall Street operatives uh, behind the whole green movement. And if you look at where it came from, uh, you go back to you know, Prince Philip, Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, uh, Julian Huxley. Uh, you know, these are the people who founded the WWF. Uh, this is the, the Malthusian ideology, mm-hmm. which... Uh, it means growth is bad, uh, yeah. and, and what they're really doing is winding us back to the Stone Age. Yeah, that, that's how serious. That, it is. That's
0: what they need to do mm. to be able to control the planet, especially as their financial mechanisms collapse. Mm. Um, Dennis Meadows, who's one of the co-authors of the Limits to Growth infamous mm. book, um, recently talked about the rise. He said the rise of authoritarianism is unavoidable. Um, He said, democracies don't solve the existential problems of our time, such as climate change. And this kind of betrays what they're getting at Mm -hmm. and why we wanted to talk a bit about Extinction Rebellion, which is Mm -hmm. this movement coming out of Britain
3: Mm -hmm.
0: holding these radical protests of civil disobedience and disrupting um, anything they can disrupt, really. Mm -hmm. um, Because what they are doing, and they use um, what's called emergency mode messaging. Um, which is designed to scare the hell out of people, basically shock people, Um, but it's also designed to create such a provocation that it justifies a police state Mm clampdown as well to stop the disruption, to stop the progress of the protests. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the Palaszczuk government in Queensland is now pushing for new police state powers to confiscate these um, locking devices that the protesters use to attach themselves to various objects, mm. which a uh, booby-trapped so that if the police try to remove them, they'll injure the protester. So the police are trying to have the power to ban or confiscate those things. So it's, again, provoking more of a police state clampdown that we've been seeing across every aspect of our freedoms. Um, but I want to talk a bit more about the founders of Extinction Rebellion because mm-hmm. two of the, found- the co-founders Gail Bradbrook and Roger Hallam just spoke at the 5th International Conference on Psychedelic Consciousness, Mm -hmm. which took place um, in London, sponsored by what's called Breaking Convention. Uh, And Gail Bradbrook, um, I want you to tell us a bit more about them, because she actually came out saying, I would support a mass civil disobedience where we take medicine to tell the state that they have absolutely no right to control our consciousness and to define our spiritual practice. But medicine here, Jeremy, is code word for drugs, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, she's an open uh, proponent of uh, psychedelic drugs, uh, LSD. and p- Apparently, uh, well, she actually admitted that uh, she founded Extinction Rebellion uh, after she had some drug-induced experience. Uh, yeah. You know, she, she's openly promoting it. And at this psychedelic conference in London just last weekend... Uh, here she is encouraging all these young people to take drugs. It was on the 50th anniversary of Woodstock <laughs> and, and now they, they want some massive new group of you know, millions of young people parading around the streets, shutting cities down mm. uh, in a drug-induced trance. Uh, to say that climate change is going to destroy our world, and it's a psychological warfare. Mm, it is. Uh, yeah.
0: And Roger Hallam, the other mm. co-founder, um, he was talking about the protests coming up in October that they're planning and mm-hmm. He said they'll be non-violent, but he said mm. if the elite don't respond to non-violent action, then you know what is coming next. People other than XR will use violence. Mm -hmm. So he's saying other people will use violence, but he's basically saying bring it on. Mm.
1: Well, for sure. I I was following a bit of uh, Roger Hallam's uh, videos online just to see what he said in his own words, and I just uh, took down a quote of what he said. The the whole NGO thing is great, but it doesn't work. The whole violence thing is great, but it doesn't work. So we've got this thing that combines the best of both worlds. It's nice in so much as it's non-violent, but it's super disruptive, like violence. So really, that's what they want. They claim they're non-violent, but really they'll destroy the planet if, if people get sucked into this swindle.
0: So call in for an alert service to find out more and join us next week.